Hi, this is Dr. Lori Buckley, and in today's show, I am speaking with Melanie Hudson, and what we are doing is asking each other questions. We each wrote down 20 questions. We have not shown them to one another, and we are going to be asking each other the questions and answering the questions ourselves. I am not editing this episode. So you will hear whatever it is that we are saying as if it were live, And I hope you find it interesting. We were able to ask each other five questions each, and we might do another episode with more questions. And if you have any questions that you would like us to ask, then, or you have questions that you want to ask, certainly let me know. You know how to reach me. You can send me an email at laurie at drlauriebuckley.com, or you can go to speakpipe.com slash drlaurie. That's S-P-E-A-K-P-I-P-E slash Dr. Lori. And if you do that, you can leave a voice message and I can actually play it in the episode. So I would love to hear your questions. Asking each other questions is always a fun activity, even with people that we think we know the best. So I hope you enjoy and let's get the show started. Enlightening, informative, sexy, and fun. Welcome to Looking for Love with your host, Dr. Lori Buckley. Dr. Lori will help you find the love you desire and show you how to have more love and passion in your life. Whether you're single, dating, in a relationship, married, or going through a breakup or divorce, Dr. Lori is here to help. This is Looking for Love, and here's your host, Dr. Lori Buckley. Welcome. You are listening to Looking for Love and More, and I'm your host, Dr. Lori Buckley, and I am here with my co-host, Melanie Hudson. Hey, Lori. Hi. Here we are. It's Sunday. We're in California, and it is bleak. There's smoke everywhere. We're both feeling it a bit, but you know... We can't go outside, we can't go inside, we have to stay inside, like all of these things that are happening, and look at people are losing land and homes, and there's lives being lost, and California, I mean, it's being burned down. It's horrible. We've got, you know, climate change, for those of you who who doubt that, I mean, here's the proof in the pudding, as they like to say, it's just really really sad and scary and horrible, all that's going on right now. And so I just kind of feel like I have to mention it because it's such a big thing in our lives right now. We're not going to talk too much about that. But I mean, Melanie, what's it like for you when you look outside and you see smoke? It's frightening. My first thought is I need to protect myself. I wonder about the people that are being harmed. I wonder about the beautiful, vast uh, acreage of of wilderness that's being destroyed. And I think about global warming, climate change. I really believe in it. And I think it's a result of of, um, the way we've been mistreating Mother Nature. And it makes me really sad. It makes me a little bit afraid. So a lot afraid. And like you said, you know, we have such a beautiful country and California is filled with so much greenness. I don't think people think of that when they think of California. They think of the beaches mostly, but we have, mm-hmm. you know, the the forest and the parks and so much that is being completely destroyed right now. And we're not even into fire season yet. 
um, it just makes me very nervous. I actually have little thoughts in the back of my head of leaving the state. So, I mean, that's kind of where it's coming to, to, from me. And I'm just praying that some miracle will happen and nothing, and this will be it. Hopefully this will even go away very quickly. All of these fires that are happening right now. I hope so, but you're not alone when it comes to having thoughts about leaving the state. I think many people are myself included. It's such a beautiful state. I mean, Mm -hmm. I love California, but there's other great states out there too. Look at every state, every state and every country has its problems, but you know, we're, we're now working from home, so we don't have to be here. Exactly. That's the thing. Today, we're going to be answering some questions, and I think some of this might come to light a little bit more. So this Mm -hmm. episode, we decided to ask each other questions. Neither one of us have seen each other's questions. We each wrote out 20. I don't know if we'll get to them all, but we're going to ask and answer. And I think you're going to find it interesting. I know I am interested to hear your answers and a little nervous to <laughs> hear what you're going to ask me that I'm, that I'm going to try to answer. We certainly can pass. We don't have to answer a question just because it's asked, but we're certainly going to give it a go. I am not going to edit this episode. So whatever is said, you will hear. And uh, we're going to pretend <laughs> that this is a live show. No editing. You might hear some more ums and oohs and ahs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I usually edit you know, a lot of those out. I don't edit them all out, but I do. And we're just going to surprise each other with our questions and let's see what happens. I'm curious and I'm going to put my intentions and curiosity and that's where I'm at right now for my own answers, for your questions, for your answers especially. So <laughs> I'm going to start. Okay, I'm ready. I'm going to start. So my first question is, Melanie, mm-hmm. yes. what is a favorite childhood memory? Oh, that's a very good question. Thank you. Well, I actually, when I think of my childhood and, and my, uh, my memories, the first thing that pops to my mind is my family. We lived on farms. I'm a farm girl, and we lived on farms in rural Maryland and Virginia, and I actually had a pretty happy childhood. My parents did a lot for us children and devoted everything to us kids. And I have three siblings. So there was always a house of of goodness. Yeah. Do you have a specific memory? A specific memory? um, Let's see. I remember getting my first puppy. That was really sweet. Um. So I don't have a favorite. No, I don't have a favorite childhood memory. Well, it's not your, it's not the favorite. It's a favorite. So a it favorite. doesn't have to be like yeah. the favorite one, just a favorite one, like one that comes to mind. So the puppy one sounds good. How I old were it, you? I was, I was eight years old yeah. and it was a Welsh Corgi and I wanted a dog so oh. badly. And there was a, a couple of Welsh, I guess a Welsh Corgi mom that had, that was being bred specifically to have pedigree puppies. And one of the puppies had an off color. And so they were giving the puppy away and we took it and I was so happy with it. And it was, and it was my little, my, my companion really for many years. And it was Sam. Sam was the dog's name. Yeah. So Aww. yeah. How sweet. Yeah. That would be, a, that would be a memory. It just brought 
to mind a memory when we got a dog, but that's not the one that comes to my mind. When I think of a favorite childhood memory, I didn't have the kind of childhood you did. We grew mm-hmm. up in the city. My mom was in the entertainment business. Uh, they were divorced, my mom and dad, when I was pretty young. My half-siblings were much older than me, so I didn't grow up with them. So it was pretty much me, my mom, who worked all the time, and uh, Nanny. And we, you know, it's not like we had a lot of money. We lived in an apartment. But... Uh, yeah, so very, very different childhoods we had, which mm-hmm. is interesting. So yeah. the the memory that comes up to for me was my mom surprised me one day. I must have been, I don't know how old I was. I was pretty young, but old enough to remember. And she took me to my first movie. So she surprised oh. me. And I believe that a friend was with me, a girlfriend, but I don't remember who. And the movie was Mary Poppins. Oh, and my goodness, yes. It was my very first movie ever <laughs> in life. Uh, you know, obviously I watch TV, but to go to the movie and my mom surprising me that way and us seeing Mary Poppins, like that was a really, a really wonderful memory that I think of. Oh, that is sweet. That is a really sweet memory, especially one with your mom yeah. and Mary Poppins. What a great, a great memory. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So here is my first question for you. What is your greatest asset? My greatest asset? That's a very good question. Obviously, they're all good questions, I hope. Otherwise, we wouldn't have written them down, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think what's the difference between an asset and a trait? Uh, But I think for me, it's probably my optimism and my positivity and I'm able to, regardless of how tough things get, and believe me, they do, life has not always been easy, to say the least, it certainly isn't now, that I am able to keep do, keep going, you know, to keep doing what I need to do and to, to find, you know, the silver lining and to make meaning of it and to keep going and feel good about that. And that has carried me through a lot of really hard times. It really has. And you are, oh my God, you are remarkable. First of all, you are very positive, even through the roughest times. And you just keep on keeping on, girl. You just have a, a really strong sense of, of mission. You're on a mission. And I, and I see that all the time in you. Aww, so that's you, good. Honey. I appreciate yes. that. What about you? How do you answer that question for you? Well, it's actually really similar. Now, that's funny because we're both Capricorns, and I wasn't sure you were even going to answer that way, but that's similar to me. When I have an idea, I put a lot of energy into it, and I work at it, and I'm dedicated to it, I'm loyal to it, Mm -hmm. and I push until I see it through. And so I, I feel like my asset is having a vision and putting the energy into it, having the ability to energize it so it comes to life. So it's yeah. very similar to what you're saying. And I try to be optimistic about it, too. I, I'm pretty joyful oh, and, definitely. and happy. So, yeah. yeah. It's interesting, you know, we, we, we see what different childhoods we have. And, mm-hmm. I mean, couldn't be more different, really, <laughs> in a lot of right? different ways. Yes. And, and you and I, we're different in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, mm-hmm. but there's so many commonalities. You and I, we clicked immediately when we yes. first met. I think it's been about 
11 years or 10 years since I, now? I think Maybe it's been 12, 10, 11 or 12, yes. Yeah, since yeah. we first met. I remember when I first saw you. Uh, it too. was on a set, yes. <laughs> and um, Melanie was the one of the producers. I was the talent. Yes. <laughs> I'll put quotes around that word. And um, it was really it was really fun. And I just remember your, you know, your joyful, happy face and telling me about a book you wrote. And it was just... It's been history. I mean, the rest is history, I guess I want to say. You know, ever since then, we just really connected quickly. Yeah, and you have become one of my my dearest friends, and I just admire oh. you so much. Oh, thank you. Well, I, I I saw you on the stage, and I'm like, oh my god, that amazing woman, she is incredible. And I felt nervous about approaching you, and like, oh my god, what would she even think of somebody like me? <laughs> it was like a great. It was wonderful. You're just so warm, and right away we had a wonderful connection. I'll, I, and you're, of course, one of the, my favorite people on the entire planet, and always will be. Aww, so, thank yay. you, Melanie. Back at history. <laughs> so here's the next question: What okay. is something that people would be surprised to know about you? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> then I can be a bitch, and then I can be depressed. <laughs> Yo, I have to say, um, I am surprised at the bitch part. I've I, never, ever seen any even inkling of bitchiness in you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I tell you, it happens. It's not my my nature by, you know, uh, on a daily basis. But if something really angers me, and it happens the most, it comes out the most when I'm in a, of course, in a relationship. <laughs> a romantic relationship. <laughs> yes. And it's like, if so, and, I, and I get uh, triggered. I can really become, and it takes a lot. It takes a lot. It's not like a trigger finger, like all it ta- all you do is brush against me the wrong way, and all of a sudden I, I go off into a wild rant. It takes a lot for me to go into that place. But once I get there, I can get really, really upset. Yeah, probably and, deserved at that point. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think so. Yeah, well, that's and good then, to know. I, I like yeah. that. Yeah. So don't push me, baby. <laughs> I will, I will be careful. I will be careful. Um, so, I mean, I have lots of things that people would probably be surprised to know about me. Um, I think one of the, the things that people are always surprised about is when I tell them that I was in the army. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. I was really surprised. <laughs> right. I was in the army for four years. I was a military police person. And it was during peacetime, thank goodness, and I don't know. My sister and I, we used to watch MASH together, and we thought it would be fun. And I was, at the time, pretty young and living in Santa Monica on my own, going to Santa Monica College, putting myself through school. And my sisters, you know, had this idea. It would be really fun to join the Army. She was much more into MASH than me. And she actually worked as an extra, and so she was even on the, oh. on the set and was, was often on the actual TV show MASH, but we would watch it together and we, we just sounded like it would be so much fun, which is crazy oh, because man. MASH takes place during the Korean War in Korea. So, I mean, there, it's, it's not that romanticized, but there was Helen Alda so, and Wayne yeah. Rogers. Maybe that's yes. what, what provoked us. But we went to the, the recruiter's office, which was just walking distance from my apartment in Santa Monica. And you know... They make it sound so good. Yeah. <laughs> so we both we both joined together. She didn't last. She well, she got out right away. 
But she ended up later going into the, I guess the, is it the Army Reserve? I think she went into the Army Reserve. That was it. And she ended up being, being in the Army Reserve. She's, she's no longer alive. She died, um, a few years ago, but, uh, actually more than a few years ago, probably like seven years ago. And she ended up being in for, you know, till retirement. So at least 20 oh years. Goodness. And she ended up, you know, she was a private when she went in and she ended up leaving, believe she was a captain. So, you know, she, she ended Gosh, up going, going her. all the way. So I ended up, uh, I ended up going into, I started as an MP and then I uh, became a linguist, a German linguist. And then I was stationed in Germany and I worked with customs. So that's where I met my American husband, first husband, uh, my baby dad, I, my baby daddy, right? What was it called? Oh. My baby daddy, yeah. And huh. we got married in Denmark, and uh, I had my son, and then we got divorced. Oh. <laughs> we, knew, we knew each other five months before we got married. You know, I was in Germany and the army, but it was, you know, it was a great experience. I was really glad to have done it. And I was at West Point, so as a, not as a cadet, but as a soldier. So I was at West oh Point, gosh. then I was at Defense Language Institute in San Francisco, and then I was in Germany. So it was actually... A good experience, and like I said, it was peacetime. So, but uh, yeah, I think that, that is surprises a lot of people. Surprises me. Yes, it certainly surprised my friends and family when I said, "Guess what I did?" <laughs> yeah, four years. That's a long time too. Like every, I knew that you had been in the army, but I didn't know it was for four years. That's substantial. Yeah, man, good for you. Yep. Well, you know that's interesting because my next question is kind of a nice. This is a follow-up to this que- to what you were just explaining. Okay. So my question is, what was the influence? What influenced your decision to get into uh, therapy? You mean to become a therapist? To become a therapist. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Two different <laughs> questions. <laughs> Probably they're both maybe the same <laughs> answer for both yes. of them. Uh, you know what? It was something that I always wanted to do, but I never really thought I would. It was sort of like a pipe dream in a way, but I just thought, oh, wouldn't it be great to be able to make a living, you know, helping people? Mm-hmm. And it just seemed so exciting because it was, I was always so fascinated in, in behavior and in psychology. And I also knew I wanted to work with couples and I wrote this in my book, but the, um, 21 decisions for great sex and a happy relationship. I write this in the foreword or the intro where I talk about my parents both being married and divorced five times each. So I was always fascinated in relationships and, you know, they say therapists are usually a bit screwed up. And so that probably is true, too. No, definitely true. Absolutely. You're and- not screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I say? You're we're all anomalies. we're all screwed up and we're all a yes. work in progress. But I was fascinated. And I just thought, wouldn't that be amazing? And I was fortunate enough. Uh, my second husband was very encouraging. And he said, if this is something you want to do, go for it. And I did. And it's been one of the best things that I ever did. I can't imagine myself doing doing anything else except for maybe being a singer, except Ooh. I can't except I can't sing. You sing pretty well. You sing no. nicely. You sing <laughs> sing a little something for us. Maybe later. <laughs> maybe maybe, a bit maybe later. that'll be one of my questions. <laughs> you never know, right? But yeah, like that would be the, the ideal dream job. Yeah. So how would you answer that question? So I started out in my I guess, earliest part of my career, I had graduated with a degree of, with fine art. 
Um, so I was an artist and that's how I identified and I loved it. But of course, there's no work in being an artist unless you're just devoting full time to expressing yourself. Well, first, I yourself. think you need to tell people what you, what you do. So oh. you're not a therapist, but yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. So my I'm going to current... say Tantra educator. Let's, let's ask you that. Okay. How did you end up being a Tantra educator? That's a good question. Okay. That's a very good question. Thank you. So I have always been on a spiritual quest ever since I was a small child and, and I was raised in a Christian household and, you know, went to church, did the whole thing with the family, and I just never felt connected to it. So by the time I was in college, I started becoming a seeker. And I went into the woods, I, you know, connected really deeply with nature, I did connected on a very deep spiritual level, when I went into the woods and looked into the sky. And that was really my first spiritual experience. But I wanted to learn more, I wanted to actually learn some actual traditional spiritual paths, I began to look into the new age kind of thing. And this is back in the 90s, way early 90s. And started studying different spiritual paths then, including Ekankar, which is the religion of light and sound, and and other out there kinds of things. And um, and so I wanted, to, so I just went to a Tantra workshop, and I dis- discovered that it was not just spiritual, but it was super empowering. And I was, con- I was hooked. Mm. I was hooked. I just loved it. It completely changed me. It opened my world. And I have just been practicing it ever since. And I've been exploring all different aspects of Tantra. It's not what everybody thinks. It's a deep spiritual path. And the Neo-Tantra is more about sexuality mixed with spirituality. And I've been studying all of it for many, many years. And I'm just loving it. I love that. And it really does suit you for sure. Oh, thank you. Okay, here's a question that I think is a a good one. It's a fun one. If you had only three movies that you could watch for the rest of your life, what would they be? Oh my God, three movies that I, I could know, watch for the rest. I knew one. a movie one. I knew a movie one was going to come up. I love um, movies. <laughs> I know. I'm not a big movie watcher. So one of my favorite movies when I was younger was Star Wars. So and I saw that seven times. So maybe I would watch that. Um, shoot, let's see. I don't even know. I don't even watch that many movies. Oh, you know what? I did watch, you know what I watched (laughs) that I really loved? I watched it recently. Actually. Okay. A couple. One is Vicky Cristina Barcelona, the Uh Woody Allen movie and another Woody Allen movie. It's called Midnight in Paris. Mm-hmm. With uh, Owen Wilson yeah. about going back into time during the impressionistic era, I love all of those movies that that, that are that take place so, in, in a different. So those country. would be the three that you would take with the. If you could only watch three. Those are the two Woody yeah. Allen movies and Star Wars. It's an interesting <laughs> mix. <laughs> yes, yes. How about you? What what three movies would you watch? I mean, it's a tough question because I love movies. I mean, I love movies, but the the, the I, I actually. I can, I can do it. The first one for sure is Cinema Paradiso. Obviously, I have to have an Italian movie there. That movie, I absolutely love. I mean, any Italian movie I could put there. But let's put that one. Um, oh, God. And then I think of La Strada. But I'm going to go with that. And then I'm going to have different one Because if I have to watch 
only three, they have to be different, right? Another movie that I love, and I've, I've watched it many times, it's an old movie with Jimmy Stewart. It's called Anatomy of a Murder. Oh, wow. Yeah, um, by Otto, uh, the director's Otto Preminger. And it's got uh, uh, Count Basie, is that the, who does the music? I may have that wrong. Um, but anyways, it is just a joy to watch. It's courtroom... But it's just fantastic. And I love that movie. And then I have to have a comedy in there. And I am thinking I would probably put Mel Brooks, mm-hmm. High Anxiety. And yes, what I love about High Anxiety is it is a spoof on Alfred Hitchcock movies, which I love Alfred Hitchcock movies. Like I could put an Alfred Hitchcock movie in there too. So it'd be hard to pick mm-hmm. three, but High Anxiety, I get a little bit of both. So I get the laughter. I get just the joy, um, and then I get the the piece of Italy. So those would be the three that I would pick today. I might ask, answer it differently tomorrow, but at this moment, those are the three that I would say. Uh, that's great. You know, it's funny. I watched High Anxiety when, like 30 years ago, and I can still remember that song. High Anxiety. anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> that was so great. I love it. I love it. Oh my gosh. There you go. We got to sing. You got to hear us sing and we promise we won't do it again. We apologize. (laughs) Okay. Oh my God. The time is going by. Okay. Ask another one. Okay. So what is your philosophy of marriage? My philosophy of marriage? Like what is your, what are your beliefs of marriage? Uh, I love marriage. You know, I've done okay. it many times. Um, I <laughs> I help people with marriage. I love it. And when it's it's like anything, right? If you do it right, it is the best. And if you don't do it right, you pick the wrong partner or you don't know how to be married, it is the worst. You know, mm-hmm. so it's really like anything. It's it's by itself it means nothing. There are people who are more committed to one another who never get married, and there are people who get married who are not committed to love or or the marriage or the person who they're married to. So that's why I do what I do. Marriage is or relationships even committed relationships or any relationships, they're the most important thing in our life. I mean, really, everything that we do is based on relationships. When you think about it, even if it's a relationship with ourself. But uh, yeah, I think we grow the most when we're in a relationship. I think we struggle the most. So they're, uh, well, I'm going to say most of the time, if not always, synonymous. And to have a partner that you're working with to move through life and to evolve and to support and to love and to allow yourself to be loved. It's risky because, as we know, you know, you can be deeply hurt when you allow someone into your heart, but it is definitely worth it. So yeah, I am a, I am a big believer and lover of marriage and I want to show people and I do, I am passionate about teaching people how to do it, how to do it in a way that works. Cause I've done it both. Mm-hmm. I've done it, you know, in ways that it didn't work and I've, I made those bad decisions, but learned and grow, grew from it and then um, was able to to be in an amazing marriage, even though we didn't actually get to become legally married because he was, you know, he was killed before then. So, mm. um, but it, it was so fulfilling and so amazing. But even the mm. other marriages, uh, you know, I was able to really learn and grow and have some wonderful, wonderful memories. Are you ready to get married again, or would you be willing to be married again? 
I mean, I'm always willing. I'm not looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's taken me some time to to really heal. You know, the loss of Alan, it's been a little over four years. So every time I decide, it's like, okay, I'm ready to find love. You know, we have the pandemic. And, <laughs> so, um, and that's mm-hmm. and that's what happened. Like I started, a, you know, I started a few times. There was a couple of, okay, I'm, or a few, I'm going to give it a go. And I realized, you know what, I'm, I'm not really wanting it right now. My heart wasn't ready. Uh, my heart is ready. Mm-hmm. It's just... Um, you know, timing right now is a little weird. Not that people can't date right now and find love. I think we can, even in this pandemic. And people are, my clients are. So, yeah, I do really love being alone, too, though. So I'm someone who enjoys my own company, and I love my alone time. But, uh, yes, there's nothing better than having a good, a good partnership and a person who you know, again, can have your back and you have theirs and you can grow together. So I definitely want to, at some point, get into another relationship, not just a relationship, but if I am open to, which I am finding somebody and that happens, I definitely would get married again. Lovely. Yeah. But not looking for it at this point. (laughs) Right, right. Got it. Got it. Yeah. What What about you? Well, in this lifetime, I decided I wanted to be a free bird, a free spirit. I think in previous lives, I was married and had a lot of kids. I probably felt trapped. I watched our parents, the generation, have to get married and be supported by a husband, not have a life of their own, and feel very unfulfilled and stuck. And it didn't look like any fun to me. So I decided in this lifetime, unless I met somebody who was just so amazingly cosmically inhuman other humanly other (laughs) other worldly um i just won't get married and i i have had several long-term relationships and they've been really lovely one in particular that lasted eight years and we agreed not to get married but we felt we were very committed to each other yeah and um and i've been in a couple of other longish term relationships that that were not quite as successful And I was so grateful in hindsight that we never got married because it's such, from what I can understand, it's really devastating to go through the process of divorce on so many levels. And when you're not married and you can break up, of course, there's going to be an emotional disconnect and a lot of angst and, 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 um, you know, emotional problems that come with that. But it's easy. You're just like, okay, bye. And you drive off into the sunset. I, and, you know, and the thing that's interesting, too, is that so many of the men that I've attracted in my life have never wanted to get married. In fact, they are, can't even be committed. They don't even, can't, can't even be in a committed relationship whatsoever. Well, not an accident. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. So, yeah. I mean, I've just really realized that that's the way it is for me. And mm-hmm. I love my freedom. I love not having to be accountable to anybody that I can do whatever I want, whenever I want, go wherever I want to go, and yeah, and be sexually active whenever I want, with whomever. So to me, being free has been more of a priority than to find a marital marriage partner. Yeah, so and I think it goes back to what I'm saying about a good marriage and a not-so-good marriage, but look at 
being single by choice is a really good choice. And all of the reasons that you said, because the truth is, it's not like one is better than the other. Mm-mm. You know, there are people who are more attracted to being single because there are some wonderful things, all of the things that you mentioned. And there are other people who are attracted to being married. And it's whatever works for you. And we do have choices. We can be free and be married at the same time, too. I mean, you know, there are different ways to be married, just like there are different ways to be single. So it's not so, so basic, but your answer makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's my turn to ask a question and we might, I think we're gonna have to do a two parter here because I've got so many questions. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Hmm. What is your favorite guilty indulgence? Let's see. My favorite guilty indulgence, probably my favorite cocktail of this time, which is decaf coffee with Cointreau, which is that orange (laughs) liqueur. Yeah. I love, love, I enjoy that cocktail so much. It's warm and delicious. It's sweet. It gives me a little buzz. And I don't feel too guilty when I drink it because I don't drink it very often. But it just is a total pleasure. Total pleasure. Yeah, I know. We okay. say the word guilty, but I, I, you know, ideally we don't really want to be feeling guilty about it. But right, <laughs> we just right. know it's like, mm, this is something that just, it feels so good. We should feel guilty, maybe. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. A little daring, a little fun. How about you? What's your favorite pleasure, be it guilty or non-guilty? Oh, gosh. Or I have so many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think for me, it would be like just to lay down, watch a great movie, have a glass of wine, maybe some prosciutto and some cheese and Mm. or popcorn, depending what kind of mood I'm in or chocolate. But, you Mm -hmm. know, definitely have like some treats that, uh, you know, that I don't generally eat all the time, uh, except for the beginning of the pandemic. (laughs) I let myself eat whatever I wanted for a little while there. But yeah, and just watch a really fabulous movie and maybe an Italian one. But yeah, that's like, to me, like if I want to just like treat myself, that's what I do. Get myself a little, a little tray with some wine and some food and go hang out in bed and watch a movie that is a, a wonderful a wonderful day or night mm-hmm. whenever I decide to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yes. And it's inspiring. Let's me, um, makes me want to do it myself. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Time for me to ask you a question. Okay. Here's a fun one. When you're on a first date, what is the, your biggest turn on and your biggest turn off? of your partner? (laughs) That's a good question. I like that question. Okay. So turn on is, and look at this is, you know, I know a lot of people say this, but it's true. It's when he is kind to, you know, the, the servers, when he uh, is smiling and, you know, funny, like those things, you know, good smile doesn't hurt, but really just, you know, the, the kindness and, the ease and the humor and, you know, appears to be happy. Like those are things that really turn me on. A good voice is helpful too. An accent is really great as well. (laughs) Those are all turn ons. So the turn offs would be maybe he, his, his grooming isn't great. You know, Mm -hmm. his nails are dirty or his breath stinks or his (laughs) clothes are disheveled or he's got, you know, 
not clean teeth or something um, that would turn me off big time that he, Oh, that he just talks and doesn't listen. Isn't interested. That would turn me off. That's always for me a big red flag. Although Mm -hmm. sometimes I feel they're nervous and they're trying to make a good impression, which, you know, not the, not the best way to go, but sometimes I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. And yeah, if they, if they treated anybody meanly, like a server in any way, then that would completely turn me off. Or if they mm-hmm. asked me to pay 50% of the bill, that mm-hmm. would turn me off. I mean, that's mm-hmm. maybe I'm old fashioned, but uh, I'm very generous, as you know, and I am happy to, you know, to offer, you know, whatever it might be. I might even say, hey, you know, let me buy the bottle of wine or I'll, you know, next time I'll cook dinner for you. There might be something there, but I would want a generous person that that mm-hmm. would be important to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. What about you? Almost everything that you said, it's he's got to be a good listener, he must be kind. I look for somebody too that somebody that turns me on is just casual, comfortable to be with, not uptight, not trying to put on some kind of an act. He's just comfortable in himself. I really like laid back kind of men. Nobody who's too like uh, uptight and buttoned up. Yeah. So I like that a lot. And then a good listener. Conversation to me is one of the most important things to do on a date. I could do, I could just, I don't need movies. I don't need to travel. I don't need to do a whole lot of stuff. But if I have a good conversation where you go deeply, you'd have multiple topics that you discuss, especially if you connect on a lot of different um, matters, that's a big turn on to me. That's a big turn on. Yeah. And so and then, important in a date. Yes. And then the same with you. Turn off if, if they're mean, especially to the waiter. That is a gigantic t- turn off. And it's interesting because I don't have a problem paying 50% um, with on my dates because, you know, because de- I, a lot of times it's, um, you know, it's a mutual agreement. Usually the guys don't ask me for dates. We're like, hey, you want to get together? Sure. Okay. It's so casual. Um, I don't date the way a lot of people do. So I feel like, okay, well, unless he's going to insist on paying, I'll just pay 50%. And a lot of guys don't know how to handle that, which is really nice. I, li- I like that too. Um, but I also enjoy it when they accept it. Because I'm enjoy- you know, I just feel that it was a mutual agreement to get together. So again, some guys don't like that. Um, and if they really insist, if they get really upset about that, about me paying, and they make it clear, I won't pay. But yeah. well, a lot of them appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they have to get upset, but yeah. I mean, well, I just like it that that it's a it's a really lovely gesture to say, hey, I've really enjoyed your company. It feels like a gentlemanly thing to do. Do I expect a man to you know pay all the time and for me not to contribute to anything? Of course not. But uh, there's, it's just, it's a turn on for me for sure. And yeah, if he mm-hmm. said, okay, you owe this amount, especially if he started now dividing, be, you had the, <laughs> that would be a you had the lobster and uh-huh. you had this, this, I just had this, so you owe this much. And uh, no. that, can you imagine that? No, that would be, that would be bad. Even you wouldn't, even you wouldn't go I for wouldn't that. I tolerate that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so let's ask who asked? I asked the first question. So let's each ask one more question. Okay. And uh, and I think that we will call it a set, uh, call it a show. Uh, yes. So, okay. So I have. So there's so. Oh, here's one. Um, name three of your favorite things. 
three of my favorite things. Okay, family, friends, and health. I don't know if those are those aren't things. I don't know They're if those not are things. things. Okay, things. But those are important. I mean, maybe they are things. I think mean, maybe we could accept that. I was thinking more okay. like like material objects. Objects. Okay. Okay. My computer. Uh-huh. I have to have my computer. Um, my computer. Let's see what else. I'm not a material person. I like my essential oils because they make me feel really happy. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And my, let's see, my favorite things, my bed, my futon. I sleep on a futon (laughs) (laughs) and I sleep so wonderfully in it. I'm a good sleeper. It, it, I have lots of good dreams in my bed. It's, uh, it's had a lot of fun stories to tell So those are my favorite Uh, things off the top of my head. Yeah, those are good. I I like that. Uh, What about yours? My Peloton. I love my Peloton uh, because if I didn't have my Peloton right now, I'd be going crazy, uh, especially now. Um, And I don't know if I, I I might say my phone, unfortunately. No, I think I could live without my phone. No, I can't. Not now. We need it for connection. So I'm going to stick with the phone. Um, but maybe it would be the computer because I need it for work. Mm-hmm. I need it. So it's, it's more of a necessity than a like a thing that I love. You know, mm-hmm. like I it, it's I have to have it. Um, lip gloss. I love my lip gloss. I can't live without lip gloss. So is that is that three different things? I have so you know I I love my my gadgets and my things like that. So I guess yes. we'll say lip gloss, Peloton, and yeah, I'm gonna go with computer because with computer we can talk. I mean the phone yes. does everything that the computer does, but the computer does more than the phone. Yes. So that's what I would put right now. At least right now, mm-hmm. I think if mm-hmm. if we weren't in a pandemic, it might change. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, that's good. Well, they're good. Yeah. And then don't forget about Sophie. But she's not a thing. I don't consider yeah, I her guess. a thing. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. She's so more what like I a think family of, member. But you're right. It's like, well, we could say friends and, you know, pets and that kind of thing. But I don't think of those as things. I think of Got it. Like that's a, they they're mm-hmm. what are important um people in your life or, but it, I suppose we could call that a thing. I guess I should have said in the question to be more clear, like what are three objects that you mm-hmm. can't live without? That might've been mm-hmm. a better question. Got yeah. It. But of yeah. course, if we were to, if we were to put people in there, I mean, of course I would say, you know, Sophie and friends, um, I don't really have any family. So it would be Sophie and friends. And what would be the third thing? Um, I mean, it, it might be my TV even. Oh yeah, totally. It makes sense. Entertainment, yeah. connection to the world. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So escape, uh, enhancement. Yeah. But we could life. watch movies and stuff on a computer. So the computer still probably would win out. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. 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 So oh, what's good. your last question? Let's make it a good one. Okay. Ooh. Okay. What is your dream for the future or a dream for the future? A dream. I have a similar question. A dream for the future. Uh, so my biggest dream for the future is to be spending a good chunk of time, I would say three to six months in Italy and to just be enjoying life in Italy and doing what I'm doing here, but doing it there. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's my second home. I go there 
frequently, but I have not been there this year for obvious reasons. I was, I had my plane ticket for May. Um, <laughs> that didn't yes. happen. So hopefully that will, that will change. But yeah, that's, that's a, a, a big one to be doing what I'm doing and to be doing it in Italy more often. Mm. What about yes. you? Beautiful. Similar. I'd like to move to a beautiful location to be determined because I'm still exploring the planet and living a life that's low stress, where all of my efforts are going into exactly what I want to put out into the world, which is, of course, to help women love themselves, let men love themselves, to help women feel more empowered, learn about themselves, to raise the vibration of feminine energy on the planet, to bring more balance to this crazy world, and just feeling fulfilled from actually seeing something like that happen, mm -hmm. to, to make a difference. And, and doing it without a lot of stress and a lot of to do, just make it ease, grace, flow. Oftentimes I think about being in Luca, our travels to Luca, where we're sitting at a cafe, watching life, being surrounded by beauty and feeling that sense of freedom and surrounded by just the most, the wonderful things in life. And that's something that I would like to have in my world. And I'm, I feel like I have a lot of that right now. I'm very blessed in my life. I have a little too much stress in my life right now. And I, especially now with these California fires, I'm not sure LA is going to be where I'm going to stay. So it's, it's, I, I'm working towards that ideal. We hopefully will get these fires contained and they're not going to have any more and there's going to be some rain and, you know, we'll get through this, which we will. It's just how much damage is going to be done until we do. Same thing with the pandemic. I always say that, you know, whatever's happening, whatever, whether it's a wonderful thing or a really challenging thing, it's temporary. Like this is temporary. Yes. This too shall pass. Mm -hmm. If it's difficult, good to know that it's temporary. It keeps us going. You know, we'll get to the other side. And if it's wonderful, savor it, enjoy it because mm -hmm. there's a turn around the corner too. And that's what life is. And that's what love is. And that's what relationships yes. are. And, and, and all of it, it's, there's, you know, ebbs and flows and ups and downs and challenges and joys and that's what it's about. And when we accept that and understand it, and we know that, you know, it's only temporary, it helps us get through these times and we will get through these times. But this has been so mm -hmm. much fun asking you these questions and talking about these things. And we'll do it again, maybe yeah. not next time, but we'll do it again. I have some really good questions that I wasn't able to ask you, but I think we asked some really good ones. I picked kind of the the ones that stuck out but I'm looking at my list like ooh I wish I would have asked you this so we will definitely <laughs> we'll have again. a part two um, to be <laughs> determined but it will be this year we'll do a part two I have some good ones wonderful. there so that was so much fun thank you for your Aww. wonderful questions thank you and Lori your answers it was nice I learned I did learn a little bit something more about you I know you pretty well and like I always say I don't care how well we know someone even if we've been with them for many many years or if we're married to them uh, even if they're our parents or our children, whoever they are, there is always more to learn. You just have to ask the right questions. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, this was a really excellent exercise in learning more about you. So thank you for the opportunity. It was really fun, Lori. Well, thank you. And listeners, always appreciate you listening. And we will be back soon. Check out my store, stuffoflove.com. I have some really fun things on there. I have put some things for sale up, some good sex 
So I'm, gonna, I'm not going to edit. So that was uh, that was my echo going off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, some um, really good sex toys and some things to make staying at home a little bit more fun right now. So go check it out, <laughs> stuffoflove.com. And we'll be back soon. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.